0: Hello, hello, and welcome, welcome to episode 173 of the Sustainable Ish podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. How are you doing? How are things going? Before I tell you about this week's guest, two teeny little quick bits of promo from me. I had a brilliant time on Wednesday evening hosting the Crap Free Christmas webinar. I dug out my Christmas jumper for its first outing, much to my youngest's excitement. We had a crap Christmas quiz, and after sharing lots of ideas and inspiration for simple changes to reduce waste and stuff, the chat was absolutely buzzing with people sharing their crap-free Christmas commitments. Have you spotted that perhaps I do like a spot of awesome alliteration? (laughs) Here's a few of the commitments that people shared. Claire said, I will try to buy more sustainable gifts for the few people I gift. I buy gifts for outside of my family. Often I don't think early enough to plan and buy secondhand or ethically for the gifts that I buy. Carolian said, I've just realised I can probably solve all my Christmas presents in one go by buying everyone in the immediate family tickets to the theatre for a show they all want to see. And Jenny's commitment was not to overbuy food. Just what people want and then I won't put on loads of post-Christmas weight. I must remember not to go food shopping when I'm hungry. I think we can all hard relate to that one, Jenny. (laughs) So if you're one of the 200 plus people who registered for the webinar, the recording has been sent out for you. If you didn't, and you're now kicking yourself hearing about how much fun that sounded, you can still watch it and get your mitts on your very own crap-free Christmas workbook 18, count them, 18 modules of resources, links and ideas and an amazing support group of other crap-free Christmas wannabes by simply joining the Crap-Free Christmas course for the absolutely bargainatious price of just £10. I will pop the link for that in the show notes for anyone who is interested. Second quick bit of promo, although I have to admit that first bit wasn't particularly quick. If you've got Get Carbon Literate on your to-do list for 2023 but you still haven't quite got round to it yet, there is still time. The final Sustainable-ish Carbon Literacy course of 2023 is running on Tuesday the 5th and Wednesday (laughs) (laughs) Wednesday the 6th of December. Do come and join me. You will leave with an increased confidence in your knowledge and understanding of how and why the climate is changing, the impact that it is already having and will have into the future, and super importantly, in talking to other people about it. You will also have an action plan of two personal pledges designed to reduce carbon and a shiny carbon literate certificate to show off. Again, I will pop that link into the show notes if that's something that has piqued your interest. Okay, so today's episode, and we're diving into all things digital with Matt and will from an organization called Carbon Fingerprint. Now, for many of us, the planetary impact of our online online I'm really struggling to speak of our online lives maybe isn't something that we give much thought to. The cloud is this kind of ethereal thing that. I don't think many of us really understand, and I personally can't even begin to get my head around how the internet works, so have to assume it's some kind of magic, and surely magic can't be bad for the planet, right? Wrong! Again, sadly. The internet, so that's all of our devices and computers, the infrastructure, so things like the cables and the data centres, and the combined energy usage of all of that, already has a carbon footprint greater than that of the aviation industry, which for reference is around 2-5% to 5% of global emissions. And the impact and the emissions associated with the internet is set to at least double in the next 10 years. Bonkers, right? So if pushed, I think most of us might think about the electricity that's used when we charge our phones and laptops, but that is just the tip of the iceberg. Did you know that it takes a whopping 800 kilos of resources to make a two kilo laptop? I learned that on a digital collage workshop a couple of weeks ago and it absolutely blew my mind. And it's not just the planetary impacts of our internet usage that we need to be aware of. There are other impacts on our mental health, on our physical health and on our connectedness with people and with the real world and nature. Many of us use our phones more than we actually want to, and we're aware that we can spend hours of our days doom scrolling and actually ending up feeling worse. Social media is deliberately designed to be addictive and has done a very good job of keeping us hooked and indeed polarizing society. So, that all sounds very doom and gloom, and as someone who runs an online business and uses the internet to hopefully try and spread some good stuff around the world, I am aware that there are also huge benefits to the internet. And so as with everything, I guess it's around making sure that we use it more thoughtfully and consciously, being mindful of its impact both on the planet and on our own well-being. Matt, Will and two other friends have set up Carbon Fingerprint with this exact dual purpose. They want to raise awareness of the impact of our internet usage, provide tips, ideas and resources for us all to help us to use it more mindfully and provide a way for anyone who wants to, to meaningfully remove the carbon emissions produced by our internet usage from the atmosphere. If you're anything like me, this might be an area of your life you haven't given much thought to before, but once you start digging, it is both fascinating and terrifying. We've been doing a digital detox in the Sustainable-ish Clubhouse, with people committing to some really simple but impactful things like swapping the 10-minute, and we all know it's never just 10 minutes is it, doom scroll before bed for reading instead, or maybe the revolutionary act of going for a walk without their phone. I would love to know your thoughts on this one and on your relationship to your phone. Do you often find yourself doomscrolling? Are you concerned about how much time you or indeed your kids spend online? And is this additional knowledge about the planetary impact of that time spent an added incentive to try and take back control? Do let me know. I will be back as usual after the interview with this week's good news section. So in the meantime, enjoy welcome guys to the podcast
1: thank you very much for having us yeah thanks for having us
0: we've got two people in a room which um always throws me a little bit as well and and we were just talking before we hit record about the um sometimes the difficulty of knowing who's supposed to answer what question and that sort of thing so um can you take it in turns to introduce yourselves tell us who you are um where you are and and then um it might be a collective what you do um but matt do you want to go first
1: so my name's Matt. Um, I'm one of the co-founders at Carbon Fingerprint.
2: And I'm Will, another co-founder at Carbon Fingerprint. I think yeah, we kind of both wear a lot of different hats, but Matt is kind of leading on product and also we both sort of mark in on marketing. And I guess I do some design stuff. And we also do operations, legal, finance, everything <laughs> else. <laughs> in a lot of <laughs> is um, it just
0: the two of you in the team?
2: No, there's five of us all together. Um, yeah, okay One's over there The one we just got off zoom with um there's four of us founders they're all actually like best friends from school as well which is a unique thing about us but yeah i've kind of gone on a bit of a tangent but we're yeah no
0: that's fine um what is carbon fingerprint is probably the most obvious question out of that so,
1: um so uh carbon fingerprint is a Uh, essentially a screen time or social media carbon calculator um, that allows individuals um, and also creators to be able to um, measure how much screen time um, they're spending and also what impact that's having on the planet. Then we also allow them to invest in carbon removal solutions uh, so that they can um, address their, their digital carbon emissions. Not a lot of people know this about about the internet, but it's actually a massive emitter. Um, It's already creating more carbon than the entire aviation industry. Um, And that's set to at least double in the next 10 years um, with some reports suggesting that it's going to be up to 23% of global emissions. Um, What we're trying to do at Carbon Fingerprint is we are trying to um, marry, merge two big issues. We're trying to repair people's relationships with technology and with their Mm. phone and also repair their relationship with the planet and we think the two are very much intertwined um people are spending more time on their phones and less time in nature uh, Mm. and in their natural state um and at the same time um our use of phones and our use of the internet and technology is also destroying nature so um it's kind of a double-edged sword in a way that's not to say that we don't um, believe in the power of technology of of this technology, and we are very much reliant on it. Um, we have a digital agency as on, as a, on, as a side to Carbon Fingerprint, um, and we also very much use phones and see the benefits of them. We just know, and everybody else knows, it's it's a truism now that um, that that our use of phones is probably over usage and mm. over over Um and we just want to. We want to create more conscious, um, a more conscious society. We want to prioritize human happiness above everything else. And um uh that's very much like the mission behind Carbon Fingerprint. We don't just want to be seen as something to do with sustainability. We want to be seen as like a, something that that will hopefully change your life and change your relationship um with technology and also the world around you.
0: So much to to unpick there. Um <laughs> Well, how did you guys, so you have a, a digital agency as well. Was that the, the sort of how the four of you started working together and, and then you were like, oh, hold on a minute. Nobody's talking about the internet's uh, emissions. Is What was the sort of um, the background story, if you like, for Carbon Fingerprint?
2: Yeah, so well, Matt and I sort of straight after we finished university we're like, we basically didn't want to have a boss. and. <laughs> and we would be saying to each other like how can we come up with something that might give us a living at some point um and we decided that we might be quite good at sort of digital marketing and understood social media better than a lot of the people we were talking to and we're like i think we can sell this sort of expertise that we've unfortunately wasted our youth spent loads of time on our phones so maybe we can use it like as as a career at some point so we basically put together an agency it's called advert we're one of the first b corp digital agencies in the uk
0: just explain for people who haven't come across b corp because it's it's sort of grow awareness around it's growing but some people still might not have heard of it can you just explain what a b corp is
2: definitely so it's like a essentially a better business um blueprint i suppose is like the best way i think about it and it's a kind of a legal, uh like it literally in your company articles you're sort of putting people in the planet um above your bottom line basically and then you basically have to register with B Corp around governance, workforce, environment and like basically anything that's in your stakeholders, like the broader stakeholders of your business. It's a really
0: and, rigorous assessment, isn't it? It's, it's not just a tick box exercise. It's actually a lot of work to go through the process.
2: I mean, fortunately, we were a small team of like four or five people. I was really thinking for all those companies that are doing it with a few thousand employees. I was like, hats off to them. But yeah, it's quite a um it's quite an involved process, but it does is I think it's it's a brilliant, like the concept is brilliant because it made us think about a lot of things that we always set out to have kind of an impact business model, which is something they talk about a lot. But there are areas of what we were doing that we hadn't even begun to think or put things in place Mm. that would basically help us become a business for good as we grew. And it kind of is I would recommend to anyone starting anything that just take a look at it and start doing it early on because it also gets you into a community of like-minded yes businesses and yeah that's B Corp basically it's a blueprint okay
0: so so, so you you had your digital agency you decided you know from the start it wants to be you know rather than a traditional business model that is purely focused on on profit as the bottom line you want this sort of triple bottom line this people planet profit and um and the evolution of that to sort of include or to have as a a, a side um yeah you know, a side hustle or however you describe carbon fingerprint.
2: <laughs> yes, yeah, so definitely so the kind of I guess the kind of impact piece of the agency we started was again we thought as Matt was just explaining people are spending too much time on their phones. They're basically being their attention's being harvested by the few
1: yeah.
2: that quite kind of um revolutionary ideas about the way social media should work. Um we basically thought that ads shouldn't just be plastered in front of people without offering something back and a bunch of other things. So we kind of had a bone to pick with the way the internet was set up for free. And it actually isn't. We pay with our time and all of these things and like adding up the stats around how much time we're actually spending on our phones was just freaking us out a bit. And also looking at how like it's sort of I think now fairly undoubtedly affecting mental health and the way that people view themselves and connected with nature and all the things that make us feel human so it's kind of been more than like a offshoot it's almost been like a natural evolution of what we originally set out to do and we kind of love love doing the agency work and continue doing I guess another thing was that we saw working with influencers and All these different like basically transferring files all over the internet in order to get people's brands in front of different people all over the world we suddenly started thinking like does this surely this this is like this is going somewhere you kind of have the idea of the cloud in your head but so we started digging into it a bit more and we're bouncing around ideas as we always do and sort of quickly realized the internet is this enormous contributor to global emissions Mm -hmm. and no one's talking about it which again I don't know whether that's by design or the internet kind of controls the narrative around who's contributing to global emissions. But we're like, this is is crazy. So an individual influencer can have like a notable amount of carbon per time that they post. And can we come up with a kind of framework for looking into what that actually looks like and giving people kind of an equivalency that they can start taking decisions around and at Mm -hmm. least start thinking about, and almost and i suppose broadly calling for big internet companies to start enabling people to have that data available to them because at the moment it's kind of under like lock and key and it's their information in their sandpit and you're allowed to kind of go in and pay the money to advertise but that kind of dirty underbelly of what they're doing was basically like there was no transparency at all and we we are still hoping that it can be an additional feature on every person's phone. That yeah. So get- when
0: you get your um, screen time stats for the week, it will not only tell you, uh, you know, how many hours you've wasted <laughs> scrolling through various different apps, but it would also give you the the the. I like the fact that you're calling it a carbon fingerprint rather than that sort of yeah. more traditional carbon footprint of it.
2: And Hopefully, sure that breaks the camel's back, and it'll be the incentive we need to go. Actually, I can put it away this weekend, yeah. spend some time with the family, or whatever it is. But yeah, that's kind of how we got from, in a very long-winded way, apologies, from no. ad to yeah. Culture.
0: I did a workshop last week, um, and I don't know if you guys have come across it. It's called the digital collage, and it's a three-hour. Um, the irony is that I did it online. You can do it in-person um, uh, workshop, and and it's based on um, uh, another workshop called Climate Fresk, which millions of people have done uh, sort of around the world. That that sort of looks at. Um, the sort of science behind climate change in a sort of uh almost a game based like moving cards around and things and and i was uh, and i and i felt like my knowledge around digital was very poor so um i went on this workshop and then um and then i came off my husband was like another thing to us for us to just feel really guilty about and i was like yeah pretty much yeah <laughs> the internet certainly for people of my generation and i'm aware you guys are a bit younger sort of crept up on us and and sort of phone use and things just just sort of crept up on us and, and and we like literally I said to my husband like what did we used to do when we wanted to know what the weather was going to be like what had he was like oh, I suppose we looked out the window like and now it's just like I go on my phone I look on an app and if uh I want to go somewhere I'll look on Google Maps or and, and we are so and some of this technology is great but it is so incredibly difficult now to imagine even just a day without our phones um and so then as you say so we're probably all becoming increasingly aware of the mental health impacts of that and and the way that we're being manipulated by social media companies to stay online and to and to spend our money and all those sorts of things but i don't think as you say that that conversation is happening certainly mainstream about the the planetary impact of that where is the impact coming from is it the devices is it the, the the cloud and I don't really understand what the cloud is is it the energy we're using when we plug in our phones all of the above what's the, what's the worst culprit
2: oh well, yeah all, all of the above you've kind of summed it up pretty well just then in the question um but essentially it's like the internet is everything that's all around us that basically connects up all the screens that we're on right now and it's everything an interesting thing that I I always say I don't know if it is that interesting but it seems wireless but literally the only wireless bit is between your computer that you're on now if you're on a laptop or a computer to your wi-fi hub that's wireless and then there's a cable from your wi-fi hub that joins to the one that we have over there yeah people kind of I think realizing like that there are Billions of kilometers of cable and fiber optic all over the planet that only last about twenty five years that have to literally physically connect everything.
0: And there's like massive ones going under the Atlantic.
2: Yeah, um, stuff like, um, like
0: under the Atlantic, <laughs> do you know what I mean, along the <laughs> along the seafloor?
2: Yeah, one point three million kilometers of subsea cables that get decommissioned every twenty five years ish because wow. it needs to go up because we've all started doing it in VR or whatever it is. We constantly need more and data, but, and as well, that even I'm not, I'm no um, Marine expert, but I don't think dropping a huge electromagnetic cable under like onto a coral reef and they kind of make barely cavalier calls on like, that's probably got the least sharks under it. Just drop it there. Um, but it's is everywhere, and there's the, I mean, there's actually a thing. There's a video online of a shark attacking one of Google's cables because the the electro- electromagnetic field around one of these cables, with like repeaters all the way along it, that, was
0: messing with the yeah, messes well.
2: with those thing that they've got going on that they navigate with. um But yeah, the internet is this like massive tangle of cables all over the planet, and then the devices like the ones we're on now that allow us to view the information. And it's all kind of backed up by data centers that are essentially, they're what we call the cloud, but they're actually just huge refrigerated or air conditioned warehouses that are super secure with huge amounts of energy going into them every day that basically store, transfer, serve and compute all of the data that we've collectively have ever Mm. created. There's like there's petter bytes of data and it's gotten into the like peta zeta things that I stop even being able to like fathom what on earth that means, but it's loads.
0: <laughs> A lot.
2: Yeah, there's loads, just tons of data in existence that all has to be stored, and we're constantly adding to it. Every yeah. photo we take, every comment we make, every like swipe, tap, click, all of it. It's just going up into this huge kind of balloon of information that has mm. have to be stored somewhere It's stored fairly efficiently compared to a stone tablet that they right. use. but still it's just so much of it and there's no kind of governance on how much we should be making and okay. all of that, that whole kind of network like collectively is just basically a load of embodied carbon in manufacturing and the devices themselves and the networks and the data centers but then every single day we charge our phones the routers are plugged into the wall yeah EVs are smart our homes are smart our laptops get charged Mm -hmm. and like more and more it's like I think it's almost like every device we're having everyday things replaced like we don't have a map at home or there's an app for it and all these things are being digitized which I mean the there's benefits to the efficiency of it but everything's becoming digitized and that kind of carbon fingerprint aspect of our total footprint is growing in proportion to the other yeah things. I think
0: um Mike Berners-Lee talks about this a little bit he's the um people who haven't heard of him he's the author of um how Bad of bananas but he is like the carbon footprinting king isn't he In in the UK and he he talks about the fact that like for all the sort of energy efficiency measures that we've introduced and how much more efficient our TVs are and how much less energy our fridge uses now like the fact that we now use energy for so many more things has completely obliterated any savings that we've sort of made in in efficiencies because we're just constantly adding on new things that require energy um, all of the time and we're as you say sort of digitizing all of these analog things that we probably coped pretty well with uh, 20 years ago.
1: His brother invented the internet.
0: Yes he did yeah 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 (laughs) Um,
1: On On that point as well, I think that goes back to kind of like what our mission is at Carbon Fingerprint, which is to move people. We are moving very much into the digital space. And as you and Will were both just saying, we are more and more things are being digitized. And when we look at things like the metaverse that everybody's talking about and the headway they're making there and artificial intelligence and cryptocurrencies and all of this stuff we kind of just want to remember what actually what being human is about um as much as the 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 impact it's having on our planet also the impact that it's having on us and and whether we we actually want to go down this path as well And, and we've
0: we've sort of very unconsciously gone down that path haven't we and i i don't know it's interesting for me to see how so my kids are 12 and 14 and to see how they interact with their devices and what they're taught at school about social media and being aware of you know what goes up is on there forever and things that we just didn't know and we just sort of like i mean i'm so glad the internet wasn't around when i was at uni um uh but do you, i i don't know if if it means that generations who've grown up with the with the internet or you know will use it more consciously or whether we will just continue sort of sleepwalking unconsciously into this world where we are being manipulated and monitored and um, polarised a lot of the time by the internet, aren't we?
1: Gen Gen Z and a lot of younger people are, there is kind of a bit of a counter movement against using phones all the time. And you do see people kind of buying dumb phones and, throwing their phones away and leaving social media for good. And you do see these kind of pockets of resistance. And I think everybody kind of knows in themselves that like they are spending that too much screen time is, isn't good, good for them. And I think they're trying in as many ways as they can to resist that, but it is very, it's a massive like force that we, as we have unconsciously like fallen into, Mm. Uh, it's such a powerful and it's an unfair fight. Tristan Harris, and the social dilemma i don't know if you've ever seen that but
0: yes people have mentioned that to me a few times but i think i'm too scared to watch it it's on netflix isn't it it's a, a yeah, documentary
1: it's it is quite scary it's, it is very doom and gloom but i definitely agree with a lot of it and i think i think Tristan Harris puts it, says this or someone in the documentary says this but it's an unfair fight between you and the people trying to get your attention mm. um and um you know we're you know we're one person versus these people but i think yeah. We want carbon Fingerprint to be that beacon of light that's kind of trying to resist against that and trying to change the way that we view things from an individual level.
0: Yeah, and this whole the whole social media industry is set up to manipulate us into spending more and more time on on Facebook and internet. And Like, and I and I don't think I'd really computed that. And I saw a clip that was shared on, ironically, on Facebook. Um, that was a clip out of um, the podcast Diary of a CEO with Stephen Bartlett. Is it? And I can't remember who he was interviewing. It might be the guy. He's he's written a book called something like How They Stole Your Time or Stole Your Attention. Or again, it's it's something about um, uh, social media companies. And he, he he was talking about how the fact that they started to realize at places like Facebook that negative news and negative posts and negative stories meant that people spent more time people spent more time looking at them it's just a normal psychological reaction apparently and they realized this and they realized that that meant that People's feeds, you know, were becoming more negative, or the way the algorithm was working, and that increasingly driving this this polarisation that we're seeing, sort of, in the climate space and things. And 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 they sort of went to um, Mark Zuckerberg with this report, and apparently he just said, "Never show me anything like that again. Like, I, I don't want to know." Basically, like, and we will we will continue to manipulate and use these algorithms, even though we know they are having significant um, harm on individuals' mental health and significant societal harm. Um, because profit is all that we care about, essentially. And I was like, oh, my God.
1: Yeah, no, it's that's totally true. And and it's actually spreads So negative information spreads about six times faster than other types of information. So, yeah, it spreads a lot quicker. Um, and I think when you think about that and then you think, hate isn't just, like, breaking down society and dividing people, but it's also bad for the planet it's hurting. slowing
0: down climate action and yeah,
1: yeah 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 but it's but it's also the actual spreading of that information yeah in,
0: yeah yeah it's having that footprint yeah
1: um causing global warming i think like yeah you kind of something has to be done about it
0: um, oh, um before we dive into you know the the impact of i guess usage and using social media and those sorts of things can you just um speak a little bit to the impact of our devices, like our phones and our laptops, um, in, in the creation of them. Because I think we we all automatically think, oh, it's it's the the energy that my phone is using every day, forgetting about, and you mentioned earlier that phrase embodied carbon, that those, those resources and those emissions that have gone into creating that, which we forget about and then happily upgrade our phone every year when Apple tells us we need to. Can you right. just talk a little bit about the how how where the impact comes from and and how I guess the impact of those embodied emissions might compare to our daily usage of electricity.
2: Yeah, so I think one um, sort of rounding off the point we're making out is that the end user devices and the internet of things, like all the digital things that we own, make up almost it sort of, it depends a lot on the kind of carbon intensity of where you are in the world versus where the data of the apps you're using and the networks and all of these things. but. Almost half of your total carbon fingerprint is from your devices and charging them, manufacturing them and all of those things. Um, but yeah, so an, an iPhone, and it's an interesting thing as well. And I I like Apple. They're a good company. I use all their stuff. But the way the companies report on carb, like the carbon or the sustainability report, environmental report of a given device, I find interesting and it's more like a marketing document than something useful to read mm. basically we will quote I think the new I think it was the iPhone before this one that I properly read but they have like a sort of 17 or no 73 kilos of carbon to produce one iPhone then you have to bear in mind there are like 1.5 billion of them yes in use so like that stacks up quite quick and that's their kind of life cycle assessment
0: So just to because I'm always very aware when we talk about carbon footprints that 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 number doesn't mean anything unless we've got anything to compare it to. That's 73 kilos. So um, just because I've got this number in my head, because I've literally just done carbon literacy training this morning. A cheeseburger is something like 3.2 kilos. So what are we talking about? Um, 20 cheeseburgers for an iPhone. Um, uh, But as you say, how many how many billion of them are
2: there? 1.46, I believe. Wow. Okay. and
0: and and it's it's not just the the emissions it's the like rare metals and all those sorts of things that that have gone into it and the the human rights abuses that happen in supply chains and you know once you start unpicking it, it is horrific isn't it
2: yes yeah quite dark quite fast and i think as well it's like in the reporting they kind of talk about they talk about materials but they don't talk about like how they got them yes and for them how they're transported to the various factories that they have things made on because they kind of go from they get materials out, like mine the materials from Africa often, bare mm-hmm. metal ones in like conflict-torn countries yeah. often without giving much care to it, or buy purchase them from mines that do that, take them to China to put them together in these kind of enormous yeah, enormous factories with literally you live live in factories with nets around them to stop you from committing suicide.
0: Oh my god.
2: Yeah. I mean, I'm making it sound really bad now. But then <laughs>
0: but uh, i think it just is really bad if that's what's happening
2: <laughs> and the ship's back all the way they basically have done a, the materials have done a lap around the world yeah 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 like america and sort of the west that they are then sold in those very nice glistening yes shops and you kind of have no idea about it but these things are they're they're insanely clever like that's that's the thing with them like the those devices what they can do they're they're smarter than the computer yes thousands of times faster than the computer that sent Apollo to the moon and the things that did, like we just, we have like a godlike technology in our pocket, but it doesn't come at no cost. It's definitely, and it's also like they're so glistening and attractive that it's taking up so much of our time, our time invested into it and obviously all of the research and development Development materials, raw earth materials, the power that we put into it every single night.
0: And 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 how quickly we replace them as well, isn't it? That that um constantly updating them and the um this idea, this planned obsolescence that goes in. So they're designed so that the batteries will stop charging quite so well after a particular amount of time. They're designed not to accept updates after a after a certain amount of time. So even if you don't want, you know, even if you're not someone who's in that cycle of updating your phone every year when a new one comes out. After a little while you're forced to because it it's no longer working or accepting updates. And 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 again, that's been very deliberately built into a lot of these business models to um encourage us to continue to consume. And the the problem with devices that we no longer want or need is that a lot of them are just sat around in our homes, aren't they? And 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 just a complete waste of resources. Or, you know, there's a very low recycling rate on them, I think, isn't there?
1: There yeah, that's, that really comes down to the sort of thing you were, doing as well, you were doing as well, Jen, around, you know, not buying anything new for a year. Mm. Our, our society is fundamentally set up to make us consume more yeah. stuff, more and more. Um, and the same with information, we're set up so that we're trying to, they're trying to get our attention all the time yeah. as as possible, and consume more and more information. And I think we just that we need to kind of reject that in as many ways as possible, Um, because it doesn't make us happy, even though they tell us it will. Yeah. Uh, And it's not good for us or the planet. Sorry, it's not good for the planet. Um, But yeah, and on your point about being built for obsolescence, uh, I think I don't know if this is true, but from I I think it is. But there is apparently there's a light in a fire station in New York.
0: Yes, I read that.
1: There's been running for like 100 years or something. So, things weren't initially built for obsolescence. And then it comes to these and then they realized that they couldn't
0: make any money if all the light bulbs lasted 100 years.
2: (laughs) Exactly. I don't know if it was BIC or like a company basically made a lighter that would last forever and then had to discontinue it because they realized that they'd make no money if they put one to each person.
1: How amazing would it be, though, if companies were built for the purpose of solving a problem and then moving on rather than trying to continually? Sell the thing, but yeah, that's (laughs) true. Um,
0: so before we even start to sort of look at the impact of our, our, you know, using our devices day to day, one really impactful thing we can do is, is as you said, to reject that, um, uh, pressure or demand that we continue to upgrade and consume and you know, basically sort of taking it on as a person, how long can I keep my phone in use for? How long can I keep my laptop in use for? And um, how can I get it repaired if, if the screen breaks or anything? Um, how can I, you know, if for any reason I do decide that I am going to upgrade, can I buy Uh, can I buy refurbished, can I buy secondhand, can I make sure that my phone gets passed on to somebody who, you know, it can be refurbished and be reused, so that we actually start to value, I mean, a lot of these devices are expensive anyway, so we should be financially valuing them, but when they're built into our phone contracts and things, I guess we just sort of absorb that that cost without realising it a lot of the time, maybe, but yeah, almost seeing it as our personal mission to stick two fingers up at these companies who want us to to continually be buying more and think about how we can personally take responsibility for these items and, and keep them in use.
1: Yeah I think I think on like two levels is like as you said finger up to people uh, to the companies and I think like on a kind of social peer like peer-to-peer social pressure level. Yeah. Feel like you need to go and buy the next iPhone because it's going to be amazing and also like you see the memes out there every time they bloody bring out one of these things. It's like uh, exactly the same as the last one with like one extra feature. Yes. And it's pretty much bullshit. Um, so don't, don't um give into the pressure. Um, There are also companies out there. There are businesses out there that are starting to try and do things. You can buy refurbished, um, a lot of refurbished product products from back market, Um, yes. which is a, is a Fairphone. good, really good company. Fairphone is, is another mm. great, So Fairphone
0: have have designed their phones to be repairable, haven't they? And to be modular and
1: yeah. 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 Fairphone is a great solution. And if you do want to keep, uh, if you do want to buy an iPhone, um, or if you do want to buy a, um, smartphone of any sort, um, just treat it, uh, treat it in a way that will ensure the longevity of its battery, um, so uh a really, really good um way to to keep your phone alive for longer is to make sure you unplug it when it um when it gets fully charged. Oh, okay. Uh, you leave it plugged in, um, it essentially causes what's called vampire draining. And that's where your phone will for for some bizarre reason, and this is also really bad for the planet as well, because it's drawing more electricity mm. from the grid. Uh, for some bizarre reason, it will charge your phone up to 100% and then it will drain the battery back down by about 10% and then charge it back up again. Oh, okay. So it will continue do this. So if you fall asleep on TikTok, yeah. which hands up I've done that before in my life, um, you know, and you leave your phone plugged in or you've got 2 or 3% and you leave your phone plugged in before you go to bed and you fall asleep yeah. with it in, you're going to have spent all night with your phone going like that. Um, and that's that's and not only
0: using more electricity than you used to, but it's bad for the battery as well
1: battery
2: uh, yeah okay, yeah, it's, okay. you can get these like gan or g-a-n like smart um wall sockets essentially okay. cable into and they condition the electricity i actually I, I don't want to promote them too much i haven't looked into whether it's just marketing um jargon but i think basically getting it because you have like a 20 watt i think for your iphone you shove in the wall and put it in which works quite well, but I'm guilty of like using the thing that's meant like plugging into the the laptop, 60 watt charger. Right. It's my phone. Well, it charged my phone really quickly, but it's probably...
0: Really bad for the battery.
2: uh, A world of good. So then using the right like connector or the right power for your phone is also good. I want to shout out to our other founder, actually, he still has like an iPhone 7. Oh, really? Still dragging it along. Is he still...
0: Because we're always... um, or two or three models behind because we we you know try and buy refurbished and secondhand when when we do need new ones but I I did reach a point I think I might have had a six um and it just stopped I just couldn't get updates on it anymore and it was so slow and um um so I sort of you bit the bullet, bullet,
2: but... you can't when he calls you you can't hear him at all
0: but... <laughs> which is great <laughs> <laughs> But who uses their phone for calls? What kind of idiot does that? <laughs> um, so uh, in terms of usage, have you got any stats around, like, what is the carbon impact of an hour spent doom scrolling Facebook? You know, I, I have I have three apps that I basically, you know, I go on Facebook and then Instagram and then maybe a bit of Twitter or X or whatever we're supposed to call it now. And then I go back to Facebook again and I just go on rotation, you know, probably for an hour at a time. Like, what sort of, how, what's the carbon fingerprint uh, or footprint of that do you know
2: yeah so i'm just trying to think if i can add it up but i know that essentially it depends on the type of content you're consuming so a video is a larger video is
0: much worse isn't it than
2: like yeah 30 photos a second in essence that you're then downloading to your phone of 24 and it's been compressed but so if you're on tiktok because it's like the worst example i'm not
0: cool enough but yeah go for it
2: oh don't worry um
0: <laughs> somebody listening might be <laughs> uh,
2: instagram reels yeah 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 they just stole it from tiktok as they like to um basically so videos sort of video uh full screen 1080 by 1920 video content scrolling through it for a minute doom scrolling creates um about one and a half grams of carbon so then if you kind of add that up says 60 90 grams per hour
0: okay which doesn't again sound horrendous but then as you say I think you've got a stat on your blog, aren't they? Like at 1.5 billion people on TikTok or something, and suddenly you're like, oh. So
1: yeah, so the internet creates about well over now two billion uh, tons of carbon every year. Um, and is that right? Tons, tons or kilograms? Tons, tons. Yeah, two two billion tons of carbon um, every year. I think it's more than that. Um, yeah, it's, it, it, it most likely you. is more. And and, uh, and
0: that's everything. Is that is that the data centers and? the that's energy we're using on our data
1: phones, data phones and devices network infrastructure. That's, that's all of it combined. It's broken and you said down. earlier,
0: that's more than aviation, didn't you?
1: Yes. Yeah. It's already more than aviation. It's set to at least double. Um, but uh, that, that's broken down about 50% um, to end user devices. So us yeah. streaming, downloading, liking, swiping, etc. 25% to the network infrastructure, the satellites, subsea cables, 25% to data centers. Data centers are actually doing a pretty good job. Uh, a lot of them, um, Arc is one one company that we've spoken to in the past. They're really sustainable, and they they're doing everything they can to reduce that. So um, that would
0: be like a, a company doing something like uh, getting on-site solar or something to to use as the energy source for their data center, and in some way harvest it. Like because they they have to be kept cool, don't they? So I don't know if they are there clever ways of like capturing the heat that the, yeah. the data center's using and feeding back in and stuff.
1: They capture so, hot hot air from the outside, but use, use it to. Oh,
0: okay, right. yeah.
1: Yeah. um and then also i mean arc was a company that we we visited and um spoke with their head of sustainability and they uh they're, they're also even doing biodiversity and conservation yeah 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 in in that where their sites are so it's really good but um and then if you kind of so like will said it's a it's about one and a half grams and then th- that does vary and it's more intense depending on what social media you're looking at mm. and, where you are and, and where you are in the world um and also, if you if you think social media out of that, if you're looking yeah. at the internet, social media accounts for about 40% of that because it's it's about where we spend our attention. Yeah. Um, so um, that's obviously a pretty huge figure. Um, but also, just to to kind of be clear as well, it, it's so hard to be able to measure the exact amount yeah, sure. of, of um, carbon created and, and yeah. the energy demanded because it's so idiotic. Well, I, I
0: read something that... Um and i can't remember the exact figures but basically like, if if ronaldo posts a picture on instagram the carbon footprint of that compared to me posting a, a, a picture on instagram with my like no a half thousand followers and his millions like him him uploading one picture it's not just the energy that it's taken for him to upload it on his phone it's that appearing in millions of people's feeds and all that and i was like oh i'd never even thought of that at all
2: i think the other the other thing i find like fascinating is an iphone screen is like like the new newer ones like around 800 nits of light energy come out of one there's 1.46 billion of them Ronaldo has like I think over 100 million followers and physically the amount of tiny little light bulbs that he lights up with pictures of himself around the world is like is brighter than the sun no
0: there's, like
2: enough, there's enough phones that
0: yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: the sun's like 1.6 billion nits in total or like yeah something and Ronaldo can, could potentially get, like, 800 nits across, like, 100 million phones.
1: Mm.
2: And, like, to me, it's just, it's just a bit insane. Like, physically, those tiny little light bulbs that are making up the picture mm. of us are all being powered.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: It's, it's yeah. a weird thing to start thinking about it. But, yeah, I think there's a there's a stat about it being, like, thousands of UK households when it's equivalent to the yeah. child yeah. footprint of your whole home for probably like a few eternities
0: so in terms of us consuming content on social media the less time we spend consuming the lower the footprint will be um and consuming um photos rather than so I guess you know um if you're on Instagram looking at the the photo but the old fashioned bit of it rather than the reels like that potentially makes a difference does it but as as people I mean, we might not think of ourselves as content creators if this, if this, you know, social media or whatever isn't our job, but we are all creating content when we're posting on Facebook or whatever we're doing. Mm-hmm. So, the I really started thinking about this last week after doing this workshop that the sort of drive from Instagram for, you know, preferentially promoting reels, encouraging people to put reels on, that has had an impact on the carbon footprint of that content. So, actually, me going, um, being really old-fashioned and going, I don't understand reels, it's actually been really good for my content's carbon footprint, potentially.
2: Yeah, yeah definitely, definitely. definitely. Yeah, and I think it's like, it's, it's almost like people are becoming ever more lazy. They don't want to do, they don't want to read read a graphic anymore.
0: Right, yeah, yeah
2: through what that means they just literally want someone to sit in front of them and say like this is what you need to think but
0: only for a really short amount of time
2: (laughs) that's that's the one benefit of like what tiktok's brought to the game is all the videos have turned into yeah sure uh, has the attention span to watch a youtube video now so it has to be five seconds of yeah flashing commentary but yeah it is it is interesting how yeah like the decisions by the social media companies can have such huge influence on and kind of they control what the creators create to a degree so yeah so, yeah yeah. you do this you get more likes or you do this you mm. get attention so
0: as a content creator what are some other things we can do
1: so um yeah this is exactly like kind of what we're trying to solve for um and there's two areas of focus and it spans into like other areas of life as well um when being sustainable but um reducing and also like addressing the amount of emissions you do create so reducing where you can but also addressing the emissions by mm. carbon removal that's what we use we don't use carbon offsetting we use carbon removal just explain uh,
0: the difference for people can you
1: so carbon offsetting is about um future emissions or avoiding avoiding emissions um whereas carbon removal is is directly addressing carbon legacy emissions that are in the air today now um and so carbon
0: offsetting we would traditionally would be planting a tree
1: um it, it? carbon carbon offsetting is um carbon removal is also planting a tree okay. actually, it, so carbon removal is about um uh the the idea is that it's about extracting carbon from the air either through de- direct air capture technology or natural climate solutions such as tree plant tree plant does come into that yeah and that's one of the solutions we use however it depends on how it's done so carbon offsetting um the difference is nuanced and a bit ridiculous but it, in the sense that it's crazy that offsetting think that this is acceptable but offsetting um sorry to any offsetters out there but offsetting is um essentially uh what counts as offsetting could be conservation so you don't actually have to plant a tree all you can do is say, I will protect this tree that already exists. Right. Whereas carbon removal is planting a tree and um, ensuring that tree survives and make, making sure that it thrives. So um, there was that scandal with Vera. Mm, um, I think
0: that was in the, the Guardian, wasn't it? Was it earlier on yeah. this year?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And um, they were essentially found that about 90% of their projects weren't having any impact mm. on climate at all. So it's really important to be aware of like who like yes. who you're going with in these situations. And, and we, we've taken a lot of time to to look at who we're working with and make those very uh, make those decisions. However, with carbon removal comes cost comes a much higher cost yeah. setting is a hundred times cheaper than carbon removal. And that's often because it's not as effective. Um, so carbon removal is about, On the top higher end about a thousand pounds a tonne can be as low as a hundred. Obviously that's something that we're trying to do as well with our, with our, um, our offering or with our, sorry, with our services, we're trying to scale that the removal market. So we're trying to make it affordable for everybody to partake in this because addressing your digital life is uh, an affordable way to do that. So we're trying to, um, Injects cash into the removal market so that it can scale and benefit from economies of scale and, and be able to provide cheaper prices to people.
0: So you've you've got a um, like a calculator haven't you on your website that people can come to and they can put in information about what type of social media they can they consume or what sort of content they're creating and, and then it will basically give them an estimate of the um, carbon emissions associated with that and then how they might be able to not offset it carbon re- remove an, an equivalent amount of carbon is that right
1: yeah Absolutely. and we use um one tree planted to plant trees and um they monitor using drones and satellites and site visits they make sure those trees survive and they also ensure biodiversity of those trees mm-hmm. um and um then and they're also very much about protecting the indigenous people of those yes. areas as well so that's very important um part of their mission statement and then we also uh, blend that With direct air capture technology through Climeworks, and they use basically like these big sucky fans.
0: (laughs) I like that technical uh, explanation.
1: That's a technical term. um, To to essentially extract air and take the carbon out, and then they'll store the carbon essentially as either uh, essentially as stone. um, Yeah, they'll 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 solidify the carbon, and then they'll store it either like underground or different ways. But there's so there's so many amazing. uh, different, uh, technologies out there now and different innovative ways of, um, of removing carbon. And mm. you know, it's, so, um,
0: what sorts of, uh, information do you ask people for when they come onto the site?
2: Yeah. So it's, it's different for, a, um, creator versus a, a mere human like me.
0: A <laughs> consumer. So talk yeah. us through the, talk us through the consumer one first.
2: Yeah. yeah. So consumers, basically we're asking them questions about how much time they spend on their phone. Which is an interesting thing we can talk about is your phone is always connected to the internet and always transferring information. Oh, yeah. it just levels up a bit when you start scrolling through a social feed. But yeah, so basically um, how much time you spend on your phone because it gives you quite a good gauge on
1: yeah.
2: the sort of general usage and behavior of that person. The apps they use, the types of apps, so if you're like heavily into social media or insane mm. media or all these different things, it kind of changes the sort of like the landscape of how mm. your fingerprint would work. um, And then where you're located on the planet. So there's like different carbon intensities associated with your phone and your internet electricity. around yeah. you. Yeah. So just with you and it changes like day to day, week to week. Mm. And there's some really good APIs that we've got access to that basically update what the actual oh you know. really
0: so it would vary on a on a, almost on a day-to-day basis depending on how windy or sunny it was in the in the uk at the time
2: yeah i mean we we kind of like level it out a bit so that you don't just get a really bad yeah day. yeah yeah <laughs> playing less and they got whatever but but yeah we can sort of consider that um consider the actual carbon intensities of where people are mm. see the data centers are often based on the apps are all basically on the east coast of america a bit lower down where the carbon intensity is actually terrible. Oh, no, really?
0: Not...
2: Yeah. And then that's basically the little packet of information we take, and then we just supply back to them it's information. And we actually have an update or a small new feature launching soon that's basically about how much time you're going to spend across your whole life on your phone. And it's quite scary. Because be that's,
0: that's the one thing I was going to say to you, that, uh, if we if we think about offsetting, and I know I know you said you know carbon removal rather than offsetting, um but it's relatively easy for us to go, oh that's awful, I'll pay however much a month to make myself feel better about this, rather than have to go through the pain and discomfort of actively trying to alter my behaviours, which are being manipulated, as we were talked about, which is which is really difficult, and so it's do you guys find it difficult to sort of walk that line between almost Being giving class. people a get out of jail free card for it's having this impact but never mind you can feel better about the impact that you're having uh, but also encouraging them to do the reduced stuff which is super super important and we need to be prioritizing
2: yeah so it's like i think it's like nail on the head again we're, we're like working really hard at basically building it into the actual product experience itself that you have kind of almost little hacks or challenges that you can say I've started doing this yes. so screen time limits and we can kind of then add to your profile this person's saving this much screen oh
0: amazing
2: As much carbon but that's that's sort of coming soon yeah At the moment we're basically achieving the same thing just by sending hacks or tips to yes. reduce impact via email to everyone who has signed up or people who have, we're hoping to sign up and again yeah. kind of, have used the calculator but not um like started using a plan yet and there are there's a free plan too but yeah 100 because it's kind of that our, our deeper mission is actually to get people to go on a walk once a day instead yeah. of an hour of screen time that they don't yeah. need or go and have a coffee with a friend and look someone in the eye or yeah new or whatever it is and that really is probably like matters a lot more to us you know, like, in the grand scheme
0: mm, it's people really might... um we're we're i've got a, a membership community and we do a different theme every half term and and at the moment we've we've got a bit of a sort of you know we're starting to think about christmas but we, we're also thinking about like self-care um from a, a sort of eco perspective and then and, and then coincidentally i did that digital workshop and so i was like oh does anyone fancy like a digital detox and trying to and we had we had a sort of group call and and you know the number of people who said i really want to replace the what starts off as 10 minutes scrolling before I turn my light off at night and turns into an hour with just 10 minutes reading my book yeah. and like and the number of people that said that but like how difficult that feels to do but also as you said the 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 things it's taking from us the reading a book uh you know we also talked about the fact that we don't just go for a walk anymore we go for a walk and listen to a podcast or an book, and you know we we don't and and so yeah just how insidious it is and how it's taken over our lives and how we need to coming back to what we were talking about before start to try and use it much more consciously yeah and i'm it really is- aware of time and i know that um you know what people will really want is some like oh my god this is awful now what can i how what are your top tips and hacks for people to reduce their usage and therefore the impact that the environmental sort of uh, impact that, that their digital footprint is having because i do a a couple of years ago i did a a sort of five day challenge thing and and we looked a little bit at the internet and one of the because i wanted things that people could do that day and one of the things we talked about was deleting emails or deleting photos but since then people loved it and got really excited about it and we deleted like a quarter of a million emails between us but then i've seen other people go nah it's not like it's not worth it it doesn't matter it doesn't make any difference mm-hmm. so is it is it worth deleting emails and, and photos um and what if it's not what's what are some other things that we can do
1: it definitely is worth deleting them but it's something unfortunately that you have to turn into a bit of a habit yeah doing it once is good but
0: but it makes- is quite a mindless thing you can sit there and do while on your phone whilst watching the telly
1: <laughs> which is bad uh, there, are, there are um there are uh like plugins and apps and stuff that you oh, can oh okay delete them i can't remember the name of them but um i mean obviously obviously what we do is um you you know you can find out how much screen time you create you find out how much carbon you're creating um we give you tips as part of uh part of our service and Mm. um also you can subscribe to carbon removal projects um as well through us so that's something you can do you can also um uh deleting duplicate photos is a really easy thing to do on your phone and clouds so uh I can't remember that you have to do it in settings. I can't remember the exact. There's
2: photo in is iPhone feature, so. Right. Will, but you go into the photo app, scroll down, and there's a there'll be a folder in albums called duplicates. If you click into ah. that,
0: there,
2: there's the options to delete all the duplicated ones. Would you I- pick
0: up the fact that my kids love picking up my phone, putting it onto selfie mode, and then just pressing and holding and taking like 200 selfies? Would it count them as duplicates? <laughs>
1: um, it, it depends how turn. much how much they're how
0: they move in between. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but there's uh, there's that um, turning your brightness down generally is good for your eyes and good for uses less energy. And again, uh, that's
0: in settings.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's you can you can and just, yeah. Usually, swipe your phone down. Uh, and okay, yeah. Change brightness. Um, gray scale. Uh, yeah, dark mode or grayscale, so you can um change the uh if you go into if you create. So if you go into settings again, you'll find the ability to turn turn to dark mode. Um, again, that's better for your eyes and uses less energy, energy. less um, less light intense. Uh, again, making sure you unplug your phone um, when it's when it's fully charged. Yeah. Um, and trying just to uh, just be a bit more conscious about your relationship with your phone. We mm. don't think that you should be not on social media and not on your phone um at all because we understand we appreciate the benefits and we wouldn't want to a world that didn't have that because it's brought so many good things but it's being conscious of that and time well spent as people yeah. call it um it's just foster- you can
0: get um well, i think even in in the iphone you can set it can't you so that it it limits your how how you can place your own limits on yourself for how long you can spend on particular apps and and those sorts Do those things tend to be helpful
1: they do they don't really like they they they're good to have but i think you need to go you need to uh, that's more of a dealing with the symptom not the yeah, cause yeah 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 uh, so you know if you're not ready to like ignore that you're you're, you're going uh, sorry if you're not ready to listen to that you're you going to just
0: don't re- override
1: it <laughs> i think it's about like it is about a lifestyle change and and um you know just um i think reflecting on like what reflecting on the fact that you only ho- have so many days in your mm. life and do you want 19 19 years um, or a quarter of your life to be looking at a phone and if if that is the case what are you doing on your phone that's worth that time
0: yeah so what, that what, could have been time spent with your kids or your friends or your family yeah
1: yeah and there are amazing things you can do on your phone um so if you're doing incre- if you're doing good things and that's fine also if you need to scroll on social media for a bit do that we're all- pretty freaking stressed out right yeah, now Yeah, yeah. going on in the world like sometimes you need to switch off and that's totally fine we also um are doing a offline walk which Jen as well you're more than welcome to um where you said about like having the one of the big things is like even having your phone on you
0: yeah
1: okay changes your thinking changes your oh, really so yeah they did a study where they found that um they uh I think they had people in a waiting room uh, for like the do- for doctors or something mm. they they basically registered how often people smiled at each other and when phones were on mm-hmm. someone's person not even using their phone they registered about a 30% decline in positive interactions between people wow. um, it's essentially someone I've heard someone refer to it as like a wheelbarrow of treats and games and good things if you had that would you be talking to your mate yeah yeah,
0: yeah.
1: small habits don't put your phone on your table when you're that's, at a restaurant. That's my
2: um, favorite one. I think like house rules like that. Like we'd always say if we were like sat having a drink together or eating, we'd be like, if someone sits down next to you and puts the phone on the table, as if to say, well, "My really, phone
0: is more important than my conversation yeah, with you." Yeah, I'll yeah. just
2: talk to you until this thing makes a sound or lights up. Yeah. So I think like on silent, out sight, out of mind, and that because mm. then your friends and people in the real world are around you are the best people to kind of keep you honest to uh, not getting sucked into it
0: yeah and
2: every time you catch yourself wanting to go on it and you don't you've like won a little bit and you have to like notch those up I think yeah like, that was good I
0: think even just um because again we did this in the clubhouse like you know so people went and looked on their settings and and because you get the thing come you know the, the the message come through that tells you your screen time and I just swipe it away and, and then I went and looked and I was like Shh. and it tells you you know, how much time you spent, how much time you picked your phone up. That was the horrifying one. And then, Mm. um, but as you said, that just that awareness of that might be enough to make you go, Oh, or or even to say, well, can I cut this by 10%, 20% to start to sort of put some boundaries around it.
1: Just being a bit more conscious when you're on your phone will go a long way. But, um, like I said as well, like we, we, we're trying to, we're trying to encourage that in like, in our, um, in our business and like in what we're doing with, with our community and, you know, um, just going on offline walks with your friends and not taking your phone with you for that thing. You don't necessarily need a photo. Need to take. Mm, Yes. Yeah. Um, And it will just change your thinking on on life. And I think you'll be surprised at how, how, um, how much it uh, affects your stress levels as well, because when you have that thing in your pocket, that's going off every five seconds because of a notification from one Mm. of your groups, um, that does seep into your psyche. You're always having to be on, you know, we're seeing this in work culture now as well, where you have to be on 24-7. You're expected to reply to emails all the time when mm. you're on holiday. And We just need to, you need to be able to switch off. Um, just another thing as well, I'd like to give a shout out to Unplugged as well, because they're a really great company. They do digital detox cabins. Oh, amazing. Um, so you can go for three de- three nights or three days, um, yeah. two nights three days, and go and just spend, a, spend some time out in the wilderness in yeah. a cabin without any Wi-Fi, without your phone. Um, but just doing things like that, you know, there are communities popping up around this and there's a lot of education and information to to learn about it. So spend your screen time doing that.
0: Do you also find um I find this a little bit like the irony of encouraging people to use their phone less, but knowing that you have to use social media to promote the bag.
1: That... <laughs> yeah, that all the time. But there's that like, what's that carbon shadow? I think they're yeah,
0: called yeah yeah. Like,
1: uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like
0: shadow, yeah.
1: Yeah um but but again like that's one of the benefits of social media and the internet and i think it's there are so many incredible things about it that we can tell a million people from yes
0: that. yeah
1: one person can talk to a million people um there are lots of benefits to it and we're not saying we shouldn't use it we're just saying let's be aware of of its impact
2: yeah less carbon than sending everyone a letter or a pigeon
0: yes yeah 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 Or <laughs> we'll go flying around to see everybody individually <laughs>
2: Yeah, I think that's like, and as well, I think on the creator end of the spectrum, like you were saying, I think basically what you're doing is the way to do it right It's making the content that you're sharing valuable. So it's going to go to someone else and it's going to inform them of something or help them make Mm. more decisions or be more conscious about the way they live. If you're making content that is literally like just it's a picture of your dinner that no one wants to see then that's when you need to look at yourself. It's when I think sharing things that are of value, and even if it is of value because it's entertaining or it makes people laugh, yes. that's brilliant, but just share share good stuff. And I know not everyone, like your first time, you're not gonna make amazing stuff, but sharing something that's valuable and worth yes. the time and energy that goes into getting it to that person, like Sustainable-ish does. And yeah, I think that's what content creation and sharing should, should be for.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I, I mean, I've already I've got like a million more questions for you, and I'm sure people listening will have lots of questions for you. So it might be that we, um, but I'm super aware of time at the moment. But it might be that we maybe get you back in, a, uh, you know, in in a, in a little while to to talk again if people have got more questions. But um, you know, as as like you said, just as as a starting point to raise awareness, to start having this conversation, um, to encourage people to to think about their own. Um, consumption and use uh uh, and and to start to join those dots with the impact but i think this has been super super helpful so thank you so much guys
2: thank you very much yeah i think yeah just no phones on the tables when you're eating (laughs) yeah
0: definitely and do you um no phones at bedtime as well like do you you do you leave your phone downstairs
2: i don't because it's the only thing that can wake me up
0: got the alarm on i know that's the (laughs) problem isn't it
2: yeah i I think honestly i reckon buying a mechanical alarm would be a
1: brilliant way to yeah one of those
0: old-fashioned ones that are Does the proper jingle-jangle with the bells.
1: Yeah. (laughs) My dog usually wakes me up, um, which is fun. Get one of those.
0: What did you say wakes you up, Matt? My dog. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But they he's got a carbon footprint as well.
1: (laughs) She's always on her phone.
0: Yeah. Oh, amazing. Thank you so much, guys.
1: Thanks so much, so much for having us.
0: So how was that for you? Had you thought about your carbon fingerprint before? And what are you going to do after listening to this? Are you going to delete duplicate photos? Turn down the brightness on your screen or switch to dark mode? Are you gonna swap your bedtime doom scroll for a nice book? Or could you manage a screen-free day? Or quite simply, just do something without your phone? And I guess super importantly, how long could you keep your current phone in use for? do let me know. I always, always love to hear any actions or ideas that are sparked by the podcast. Drop me an email on jen at sustainableish.co.uk. Right then, here is this week's good news because we all could do with a little bit of good news, couldn't we? The world's biggest polluter neared peak emissions. This is from Positive News. China's carbon dioxide emissions are forecast to start shrinking next year, with fossil fuel use predicted to head into an era of structural decline in the country. That's according to number crunchers at Carbon Brief, which this week said that 2023 had broken records for installations of low-carbon energy infrastructure in China. And analysts at Carbon Brief said that China's muted economic recovery from the pandemic along with surging investment in solar EVs and batteries and rebounding hydrogen <laughs> I told you I was struggling to speak hydrogen generation all but guarantee a decline in China's CO2 emissions in 2024. Slightly closer to home in Europe, another article in Positive News reports on a whole host of incoming European legislation aiming to boost the circular economy and keep resources in use for longer. There are apparently 16 pieces of proposed legislation that work to make fashion more circular that the European Commission wants in place by 2028. The EU Packaging and Packaging Waste Directive, snappy name. We'll tackle the packaging sector as one of the main users of Virgin Materials by ensuring that all packaging is designed for recycling from the 1st of January 2030. And there are also proposals to maximise reuse. Food takeaway packaging, for example, will have to meet a 40% reusability target by 2040. And there is a new law to ensure that batteries are collected, reused and recycled in Europe that came into force this year and very much closer to home, I wanted to share this from Rachel, who is signed up on the Crap Free Christmas course. She shared this in the course Facebook group. She said, First result, I started a WhatsApp conversation with my brothers on Monday about streamlining the presents this year. I have three brothers, she says, and we all have children. We have done a secret Santa amongst the adults a few times and I was up for that again, but we've actually gone further and are now saying no presents for the adults this year. The exceptions are you're allowed to give something if you've seen something specific you really want to get them or passing on a book you've read and enjoyed. I love that idea. She goes on to say, I've also started some good conversations with people about which bits of Christmas we actually like and what we can do without. And I've done a lot of soul searching within myself. With the result, I think I'm actually going to enjoy Christmas a lot more this year. All prompted by signing up to this group. So thanks, Jen. Well, thank you, Rachel. That is absolutely amazing. I loved hearing that. So that's it for this week. Thank you so much for listening. You really are a superstar. Do get in touch with your thoughts on this week's episode anything you're going to have a go at with regards to your carbon fingerprint and also I would love to hear your own good news you can drop me an email on jen at sustainableish.co.uk or come and find me on social media where I am at sustainableish pretty much everywhere and of course, we couldn't leave without my regular plea for ratings and reviews wherever you get your podcasts in my ongoing mission to double listener numbers. Thank you so much to everyone who has left reviews since the podcast has rebooted. Rebooted? <laughs> Had to cock something up before the end um, based on what it's been like this week so far. Has rebooted. It genuinely does give me a really huge boost and really, again, helps to raise the podcast up the ranking list. You are absolutely brilliant. Have a great week and I will catch you next time. Take care.